Good evening, everybody. This is Jeff Morton, your host, one of your hosts for Returning to Eden. Uh, we are back. Uh, I'm back, anyway. Uh, we'd like to thank you for joining us uh, on our program. I'm quite shocked, to be honest with you. We, um, we have been gone for a month. Uh, Dina will be back next week. She's actually on her way for Sukkot. She's speaking up in Oklahoma uh, with Monte Judah's group, and uh, so she'll be back next week, and we'll be live next week, both of us back together. But um, I want to wish everybody happy Sukkot. This is the, the Rev Sukkot this evening. And so, um, you know, for those of you who don't know what Sukkot is, it's an eight-day celebration where we build sukkahs and we kind of follow the traditions of ancient Israel as well as modern Israel in doing what Moses commanded the, the Hebrew Israelites or the children of Israel to do, I should say God commanded the, the people of Israel 3,800 years ago to do, and they did it for 3,800 years. Uh, excuse me, for 38 years, uh, 40 years in the wilderness. And so, uh, you know, going back to the ancient Near East cultural continuity of the Bible, uh, those of us who are reconnecting the Torah to the gospel, we, we do this. And uh, so... Dean is going to be speaking in Oklahoma. As you know, she goes all over the country speaking. And uh, so she, her and her husband apparently drove up there from New Mexico this morning. But anyway, I want to welcome you all back to the program. We're, I'm kind of blown away that uh, we've been gone for a month and our archives have increased. We have more listeners listening. And I, I have to give a little bit of credit to, uh, actually I have to give a lot of credit to Messianic Lamb Radio, who contacted me uh, about a week and a half ago, and they said, we need some more shows. <laughs> so they have been playing our, our shows faithfully on Messianic Lamb Radio, and uh, we've, of course, had about 18 more shows to, that have we have done. So I sent them over to Mark Smith. He heads up Messianic Lamb Radio, and it was just a nice, warm feeling to know that they have been uh, really uh, steadfast in pr playing our program and promoting it. So I really do appreciate Messianic Lamb for doing that. Tonight's program, I'm just really going to talk about what's been going on and uh, what we have planned. So before I do anything, I want to, of course, acknowledge the 500-some-odd people that have been hurt or killed in Las Vegas. And, uh, you know, that's I, – I don't, I don't even know how to wrap my head around that, folks. I really don't, other than to say that the more lawless we become as a people on this earth, uh, I just see the increase of death. And that was kind of the way the Father said it, you know, to sin, of course, is according to John 3, 4, 1 John 3, 4, is lawlessness. And so breaking the law. So the more we break the law, we can see an uptick in death. And the law means God's instructions. And that's really what we're seeing happen. It's like we're coming unhinged. It's it's um, For me, it's the families that have been torn apart. It's the lives that have been taken. It's the people recovering. For me, it's, it's a haunting image of lives being destroyed uh, over and over and over again. And so I can't get numb to that. Uh, you know, praying and all of those things, we, we do those things. But I, I really do encourage the body, the believers, to stand for life everywhere you can, anywhere you can. Stand for life. In, in the face of this evil that's um, unfortunately a consequence to the way mankind has disassociated itself 
from the kingdom of our God. So um, I do want to remember those people, and I want to remember the people that have been uh, displaced by the floods in both Texas and uh, Florida. You know, it's just crazy uh, what's happening. And I, I'm told that there's another tornado or hurricane moving up through the Gulf forming, and it's heading for Georgia and Florida. I don't know much about that. But anyway, uh, we need to come together as a people, and we need to pray and lift one another up and help each other. We need to help people who need help. That's how we combat the lunacy of death that's moving across the globe, in my opinion. Uh, so Dina, she came and left here in the Pacific Northwest. She spoke at El Shaddai a couple of weeks ago, and she also spoke. I had a group of women put together. So later on in the evening, they all got a chance to uh, have an intimate time with her. There was about 27, 28 ladies, and that went over extremely well. In fact, the entire time that Dina was here was just a blessing. We had her in our home. She got to meet my grandson and my wife and um, our daughter, and we had, we had uh, a rush about meal, and it was a great time. Uh, she is a fascinating woman, very down to earth, and I just loved having her here. Uh, we did an interview, too. I should mention our interview, Dan Cathcart and uh, his wife, Brenda, of Moed Ministries. You can go to moedministries.com. Uh, they filmed an interview with Dean and I. It takes about an hour. I posted it on our Facebook page. I haven't gotten around. I think it's on my, my website, jefflessmorton.com, too. But it gives you a little inside peek at both of us. And also it gives you an uh, opportunity to see us together. So we had a lot of fun doing that. And, uh, of course, go to our Facebook page, Returning to Eden, and you can see all of that. A um, couple of things I want to tell you up and coming. I got a call, actually. I got a call from Rico Cortez, who is my friend. And he said, when are you guys going to invite me on your show? <laughs> so it kind of caught me off guard. And we've had a couple of people call us and want to be on the program. And so we're working on getting Rico here. And uh, also, I've talked to, um, well, let me just take a breath here. Uh, Jane Bakewell is Dina's friend, her best friend of 40 years. And, of course, some of you know that she was stranded down in Tortola, down in the Caribbean, uh, for a number of days. She finally made it out to Israel. Uh, and it was, it was uh, quite a harrowing thing. But apparently, talking with Dina, her and Jane spent a couple hours on the phone. And it was amazing what Dina was sharing with me, uh, some of the miracles and the way people came together, uh, the way, uh, you know, people shredded their religious beliefs and their theological differences and just came together to help one another. The entire island is completely devastated, much like Puerto Rico. And so uh, I said, well, we ought to have Jane on the program. Now, Jane's in Israel, so we'll have to figure out how to do that. But Dina was was all for that ideal because she's got a story to tell about miracles that occurred. And so um, we're working on having Jane come on, and you can meet Dina's best buddy, her, what do you call that, BFF? Is that what the young people say now? So uh, we're working on that. And also I've reached out to, well, I don't think I'm going to let that one out of the bag yet, but I have a, I've reached out to a very prolific uh, biblical scholar, and I'm waiting to hear back from him, so... Until that happens, we won't. I'll keep that one close to the vest. Uh, but anyway, it's somebody that Dean admires, and I, I certainly enjoy his, his material. You know, the ideal, folks, is to learn. 
and to, and to glean the information. And I just feel the more we learn about the God of creation, the closer we get to him. And so that's the way I look at it. And so, you know, all of those people out there that are teaching and that are sharing, and, of course, you as an individual opening your scriptures and doing your own research, it just really honors the God that we serve. And uh, so uh, we're, we're working on a few things. Dean and I have renewed the agreement with Podomatic. We're going to be on for another year. In fact, our, our agreement runs through September the 18th. So we're going to continue to post the archives. She loves doing the show, and I've, I'm having a blast doing the show. And we've become, you know, good friends. And so we're enjoying uh, all of this, and we're learning. She actually, the show, she, as she says, the show helps her to kind of extrapolate information for her book, the second part of uh, the Temple and Creation, the Temple Revealed and Creation. And I've read the first chapter, and it's mind-blowing. Uh, it's going to challenge a lot of folks. But uh, anyway, we want to keep doing this, and, you know, we, we're not supported by anyone. We, we kind of take care of this ourselves. And uh, so we're fine with that. I know Worship and Word Radio is, is doing a lot of transitional stuff. They're moving. There's a great big move that's going to take place with them. Uh, Scott Bell and his family are relocating to Idaho. Uh, they're working on selling their home. You might lift them up in prayer. And then the radio station will move to Idaho, and we'll figure out how to what we're going to do during that interim. Uh, I enjoy having the program engineered by Scott and his beautiful daughter Mariah. She's actually, I'm looking at her right now on my screen. She kind of comes in and sits down and helps us out. Uh, let's see. At about 15 or 20, in about five minutes, I'm going to play a song. Now, because this is the beginning of Sukkot, because this is the time of the Festival of Booths, and because this is a commanded festival of the Lord, Leviticus 23, 24, I think 26 actually, uh, kind of points that out. I want to play a song by Sarah Lieberman, and it means worthy is the lamb. Uh, it's Ru, I can't ever say this, Ru, Ru, I'm not Jewish folks, forgive me. Rui Hase, which means worthy is the lamb in Hebrew. And I want to play that song, it's kind of slow. But when I was talking to Sarah about the song, uh, she said it was as though writing the song she was in the heavenly temple and she could see all the people that were praising the Lord. And as I talked to her and we spoke about this, this song has become somewhat of a favorite for me. And, of course, the Feast of Trumpets means, uh, one of the meanings means, uh, Abba Father, Yahweh is with us. And so I want to play this song in about five minutes. It's going to take about five minutes. It's a beautiful song. And... Uh, then we'll get back on the other side of it, and I've got a few announcements to make. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, in fact, uh, why don't we go ahead and play the song now, Mariah, and then we'll come back on the other side, folks. This is off of Sarah Lieberman's uh, album, La Feneca, and uh, I hope you enjoy the song. God bless you guys. We'll be back in about five minutes.
loud voice, they said, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen, and the elders fell down and worshipped. Revelations, Revelation 5, 12 through 14. Worthy is the Lamb, or Raul Hase by Sarah Lieberman. I love that whole CD. If you don't have it, you ought to run out and get it. It's called La Fanega. Uh, okay, so back to the program. I want to tell you about something that I, I came across. I read an article. Uh, I found this on a website. And it's posted on my, my Facebook page. And also I posted it on the uh, Facebook uh, Returning to Eden. And I was kind of... I was appreciative of the fact that, you know, folks, so much of what I learned as a Christian um, has has been, um, there's so much that's been filled in to what I've learned over the years that it, it's remarkable. It's really remarkable. And so what our program is all about, Returning to Eden, is, is going back and looking at the verbiage and the wording and all of the um, idiomatic expressions and the language and the culture and the, and the way that they looked at the world in those days. And I was pleasantly surprised to see that Scott McKnight, who wrote a book called The King Jesus Gospel, he, had, uh, he also has another book. Let me see if I can bring this up real quick. Actually, this one is by um, G.K. Beale, and it's The Temple of Eden which is in line with what our program is all about. We, we believe, Dean and I believe, that the garden in Eden was actually a temple. And he writes in this piece here, he says, this is a guy named Tony Renke who's doing an essay on the, um, on the, the uh, Temple of Eden. And you can go to his website. Uh, it's Tony Renke, R-E-I-N-K-E.com. And he writes, in his book, The Temple and the Church's Mission, G.K. Beale argues that the Garden of Eden was the first archetypal temple. He provides 14 conceptual and linguistic parallels between Eden and future, taber future tabernacles and temple structures. Uh, so uh, Tony Renke goes on to give a brief summary. And he writes, number one, the Garden is the unique place of God's presence. Eden was the place where God walked back and forth with man. Paralleled this with Later references to the tabernacle, Genesis 3.8 with Leviticus 26.12, Deuteronomy 23.14, 2 Samuel 7, verse 6 and 7. He continues in point number two, the garden is the place of the first priest. Adam was placed in the garden to cultivate and keep it, Genesis 2.15. Taken alone, cultivation has obvious agricultural meanings, but this pair of terms, cultivate and keep, also translates serve and guard. It's used everywhere in the Old Testament or Tanakh to describe the work of the priests, Numbers 3, 7 through 8, uh, 8, 25 through 26, 18, verse 5 through 6, First Chronicles 23 and thir through, uh, verse 32, Ezekiel 44 and 14. Thus the task of Adam in Genesis 2.15 included more than mere spacewalk in the dirt of garden. It is apparently that priestly obligations in Israel's later temple included the duty of guarding unclean things from entering. 
uh, Numbers 3, 6 through 7, 32, 38, 18, verses 1 through 7. And this appears to be relevant for Adam, especially in view of the unclean creatures lurking on the perimeter of the garden and who then enters. You know, folks, this, this little tiny piece is the capstone of what Dean and I are talking about and why we're stuck in Genesis 1 and 2. Because with Professor John Walton, he kind of unravels the language and he starts breaking down terminologies and he's going, well, we don't know that that means that actually. And so I'm starting to see other people. G.K. Gill, uh, Scott Knight writes a couple of things about this. I'm starting to see people looking at the language and questioning the, uh, the things that we've been taught theologically for many, many years. So I encourage you to go to the Facebook page and read the article. It's called, uh, there's, you know, there's, there's stuff in there that I'm not quite in step with. However, the idea that the Temple of Eden is actually a temple in, a, 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 not a garden in the way we understand it, but a, an actual temple complex. And I haven't, you know, I can't back this up yet, but I believe that when, when Satan, Hasatan, or the snake, because it never says Satan, it never says uh, Hasatan, it says the snake, when the snake moved into the garden, I see it more as a king, an unwanted king in the place of holiness, which follows the pattern. So, uh, read the article and tell me what you think. The Temple of Eden. Go to TonyRenke.com and just check it out. Of course, Dina is full of this information, and this stuff is not easy to find. You know, understanding temple language is not an easy thing to find because, quite frankly, most of us don't know anything about it. And a lot of the scholars don't. So it's nice to see scholarly writers uh, starting to address this. And, of course, in the Christian world, this is like aliens landing on the planet. It's like, oh, this is not going to happen. But consider, at the very least, that what we're being restored to, the restoration of all things, could possibly be the unraveling of what we've been taught for so many centuries. And I would just ask you to consider that as you, as you stay tuned to returning to Eden. We've had lots and lots of com comments pour in saying this stuff is, you know, what we're talking about is it's a game changer. And I think that the Father says, I'm going to restore you to what I'm doing. And so I think we have to allow that to happen because if what we've interpreted uh, in the world today is not producing the fruit of a holy and righteous God in the earth, and particularly in America. And so I'm thinking, folks, we need to kind of go back and look at things and uh, – Maybe, maybe great deception is truly that, great deception. And so that's what the program's all about, and we do appreciate you tuning in. Uh, let's see, I want to go to, oh, I'm, there's a trip to Florida that I'm working on. Dina's going to be speaking down there. Uh, Rico Cortez has a, a, a four-day class. We talked about doing this here in the Tacoma area, and we'll probably talk about that again. But he has a four-day class where he's going to have Joseph Good, Dina Dye, and, of course, Rico are going to be teaching. It's pretty intense, and I'm trying to get there. Um, it's January the 10th. Uh, the conference is actually the 11th. It's not really a conference. It's a class. It's a classroom setting uh, at a hotel, Staybridge, down in uh, Orlando, Florida. So I've reserved a room by faith, and uh, I'm planning on going, and I think, I think the Father is going to allow me to go, so... 
I want to go because I think the, it's quintessential that we learn the temple, that we look at the gospel message and then go back and see where the foundation of all of it rests. And since Moses started talking about a temple in Eden, let's go back to that temple in Eden and start learning about the temple. And I'm, I'm telling you, folks, this stuff is blowing my mind as I get closer and closer to the ancient world looking at the lens of what the God of creation was doing through ancient Israel, and even before, because Adam was not part of ancient Israel, but he may have been the line of the kings. He may have been the one who started the line of the kings that would bring forth the Messiah. And maybe that's why Moses started there. So it's just fascinating to kind of step away from the traditional thinking and get outside of the box. And, and uh, I read that article, The Temple of Eden, uh, TonyRenke.com, because... These are the things that are becoming more and more fascinating. And I have a saying, you know, the, the more you learn about the things that God's doing, the closer you get to him. Uh, I remember Skip Moen said, um, the further you get from God, the less human you become. And, you know, I don't have to tell you folks that when we look at the chaos in the world, people have moved so far away from the plan of the, the almighty God of creation that uh, we become less human. And we see that in evidence by the the killings, and, and I just go down the list. It's an absolute mess. So I encourage you to open your mind a little bit and consider that if the enemy changed the way we understand things, if there's been a revisionist history, which we're all familiar with, because that's certainly happened in America, then perhaps that pattern is how the enemy does all things to lead us away from the actual story. So just consider that the Garden in Eden is actually a temple complex, that the presence of the Lord was there in the garden or in the temple. And so now you can take all of the activity of the temple based on the book of Leviticus, and you can see it all happening in the book of Genesis 1 and 2 and even 3. So we're just about out of time. Dina will be back next week. I'm going to go to Florida. I believe the father's going to take me. My sister wants to fly down from New York. Uh, my sister Desi. So you know, we don't we don't go all over the country doing this kind of stuff. So we don't have that kind of funds. But by the same token, if the father says I can go, then he'll provide a way. And so that's kind of coming up. And again, we want to have Rico on. I've got. I'm working on getting a surprise guest. I'll talk more about that. Dina doesn't even know about this. She didn't know about John Walton when I had him come on either. But that's kind of what I do. I kind of reach out to these folks. Anyway, this is Jeff Morton returning to Eden. We're back, and we'll be both back next week on the program. And I want to bless you all and wish you happy Sukkot. And God bless our Christian family, and God bless the state of Israel. And, you know, God bless you all. And let's, let's start thinking as though we're citizens of the kingdom and not divided because of the way the world works. So that's it for this week on... Um, returning to Eden. God bless you guys. We love you and we appreciate you and keep us in your prayers. Thank you. Good night.